0: path along life's highway, so common and
1: well-trod
0: By the shoes of, burden of Christians who won't put their trust
1: in God Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. He died and rose again set me free
0: Welcome to the Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce and I'm delighted and glad to be with you again today. I hope you're delighted to hear this program. This program means so much to me and I hope it's blessing you as well. I've uh, been going through the book of First Corinthians. I took a little side step uh, to do give my own personal testimony. I mean a lot of people say, well, Sylvia, you teach and you 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 share and uh, the truths, truths of liberation to us and you uh, teach the Bible, but how did it all work out in your life? So I think that's very important to say. I think especially women want to know how it all works out. Men like the theory of it all, but men, but women uh, like to know how it works out, and I think men do too, actually. And so um, that's what I have been sharing. And I think, you know, I the last time that I was with you, I started sharing about my dark night of my soul. And I think the old Catholic mystics used to call it that. St. John of the Cross has a book called The Dark Night of Your Soul. And uh, I think the greatest gift I ever got in my life was to go through that very painful time in my life, which was like a dark night. My soul just went out I mean it's like I had no light from heaven at all on my soul and I was in darkness for a long time but it's a but it's I call it a gift because it's an unwanted gift I certainly didn't want it but yet it was a gift because it broke me from ever depending on any anything outer on my own understanding cuz I didn't have any I did I couldn't depend on my own understanding I could not depend on myself or my own. I couldn't depend on my behavior. I could not depend on anything, and it was pretty much a mental breakdown. But I always say you have to have a breakdown to really have a breakthrough into the, into the new life of the Spirit. Now, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of Christians that have not really had a broken time, and that's fine too. I mean, God deals with this all differently, and I don't advocate people comparing themselves with others although I think it's pretty much of a principle in the scriptures. I think the great men of God, the, the um, uh, apostles, uh, were all broken. I think Paul certainly was broken. And, um, you know, as a great man that he was, he went through his own brokenness and his time alone on the desert in Arabia, where he understood the, not just the acts of God, but also the ways of God, how God works. Just recently, I got a telephone call from a precious friend of mine I've been ministering to and talking to this man for some time. And he called me and he said, Sylvia, I've just got new revelation. I'm seeing that, how is it that we as Christians are righteous? We're declared righteous. And he said, I've been taking that by faith for a long time and I know it, but how can I be? And he said, the thing that came to me is that the real me is spirit, not soul. Soul expresses spirit. Spirit is who I really am. And in my spirit, I'm joined to Christ. So I'm joined to his righteousness and his sinlessness. So when the Bible says they that are begotten of God cannot sin, which is, of course, in 1 John, uh, because, uh, uh, because they're abiding in, uh, in union with the sinless one. That's how and so you know christians are so tied up with if i've sinned how much have i sinned i sin every day Uh, i have to go to church every day to or every week to confess my sins or i have to confess my sins they're sin-minded christians are more sin-minded than they are christ-minded and um you know we're meant to be christ-minded well how can we be if we're so centered in on ourselves and our our behavior and our sinfulness and our performance and our works you see i'm centered in on me when uh how can i live in praise to god and uh see his faithfulness manifested through me and uh in my situations and in my life if i'm still centered in on me all the time and confessing sins you know confessing sins in my book personally didn't work for me i mean Yes, it was great, and I'm not saying that you should not confess sins. I'm not saying that. First John certainly says that. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But honestly, I believe that sin is a rarity, and I think temptation is pretty much normal, like almost every day, but yet tempta- uh, sin is really rare in in the Christian. I mean, you have to determine to do something that is against God, actually, to sin. And and, uh, uh, because everything that's not of faith really is sin, the Bible says. So we as faith people, as we live by faith, walk by faith, you see, then, uh, and we walk in the light as he is in the light, he keeps us, and he is our keeper. That's the Great news of the New Testament is that he is the mighty one that keeps me from sinning. Thank you, Jesus. That's part of the uh, gospel. That's part of the New Testament promises that he is able to keep me from falling and present me faultless before the presence of his glory. That's what Jude says. Thankfully, that, that, I'm so thankful for that because I'm not able to keep myself. You know, this is the beginning of a new year. Actually, this is January as I'm giving this program, and, um, and and everybody thinks about let me do. I've got to do a new New Year's resolution. Let me see, what am I going to promise myself? I'm going to do this year that I didn't do last year, and maybe. But if you really think back in your life, how long do those New Year's resolutions last? Or how long does it ever last to promise yourself or God or other people you're going to do this and you're or you're not going to do that. You see, it might you might be able to keep it up for a while, but basically you'll fall back down, and then you'll have to say, oh, I'm so sorry I failed, and maybe I'll try harder next time. You see, that's why Christians are so sin-minded and self-minded is because they're still really under the law of a New Year's resolution over and over again. I'll promise God, I'll promise my family, I'll promise my business partners, you see so we're constantly promising ourselves that we're going to do better this is all uh, a, all a form of trying to imp- self trying to improve itself well that's a big lie that's one of the biggest lies in christianity is that self can improve itself and through my dark time through my dark night of the soul The thing that God proved to me more than anything else is that I cannot promise him anything. I can only know that he is the one that has promised me, and he's the one faithful. He's the one that carries me. I'm not the one that can promise him anything. I can't even promise to be faithful to him. I can't promise to lose weight. I can't promise to... Uh, be a better mother or a better parent. I can't promise to do better. I mean, next time, because the human me is nothing but an a earthen vessel, a weak vessel uh, containing and expressing the power of the universe, expressing Jesus, the power, the resurrected life of Jesus. And that's really what I live from. I live from His life. I don't live trying to live my own life and trying to come up with my own power. So the last time that, that I talked about myself, I talked about that time as I sat in my closet, beating my head on the wall of the closet, wanting to die. And the Lord said, that's your problem, Sylvia. You don't really realize you're already dead. You can't kill a dead person. So if it, now then, then I say to myself, what can a dead person do? Can you have a New Year's resolution? What can you do? Can you come up with new promises? No, you can't. Can you keep laws? No. Can you be faithful to God? What can a dead person do? Nothing. Just be available for the life of another to raise me from the dead. And that's exactly what Jesus did. So then as a vessel, I know my weakness, my total weakness. And I'm meant to be weak. You know, we humans don't like it that we're weak. Because why? Because we've really been trained a lot of times with satanic thinking that we're meant, we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to try to be better and stronger and more self-improved. And the Bible says, no, really, if you're in Christ, go ahead and be weak in him. In Christ, go ahead and be weak as the vessel. The vessel's meant to be weak. Oh, but you live by the power of God. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and I hope to get get to that chapter some at some point but uh read that chapter because that's the chapter that paul is saying test yourself and see if you're really in the faith if you're really still trying and striving hard to be strong apart from the spirit within you you're not even in faith it says it says you better see if christ is in you all right if christ is in you then you'll understand you don't live by your own power you live by the power of another i don't even live by my own Wisdom, I live by the wisdom and the power and might of the almighty God, Christ, who lives within me, thankfully. So that's really what the gospel is about. And so God brought that home to me that the vessel, the human Sylvia Pierce, was nothing but a helpless expression of, of his life. And I had to know my helplessness. I had to be reduced to that. And little by little, he chiseled away all the props that I was depending on to hold me up. Per, uh, relationships, that, that, that I couldn't depend on that. Uh, other people couldn't depend on that. Could not depend on myself in any way. The um, I've written a little booklet called The Citadel of Self-Dependency. And what is a citadel? Well, it's a it's a, um, a a barrier that we put up, a wall, a fortress that we put up to guard against this self that depends on itself. Well, God is faithful to break down that wall, that barrier, that fortress. He's faithful, and that's what he did in my dark time. He broke down that that wall that I had built to protect myself and to depend on myself, really. And he broke that down faithfully, and I went through a horrible, dark time. But that dark time was the greatest time in my life, because all that I give the body of Christ comes out of that experience. So I'm so thankful for it. But let me move on past my own experience and how I learned how to just simply declare what God says about me, Instead of what I looked like, what I felt like, even what, what I was manifesting, just declare what God was saying, what, said about me, that I was dead and Christ was my life, basically. That's Colossians 3, 3 and 4. And actually, that's what the name of our ministry, I know the name of this program is The Liberating Secret, but the name of our ministry is Christ Our Life Ministry. So that's where it comes from. It comes from Colossians 3, 3 and 4. So, when I discovered how faith works, how you put your faith in what seems to be impossible and call into being what does what is not even manifested yet, because it really is the reality. What we don't understand is spirit is the true reality, not flesh. Flesh is not the reality. Spirit is the reality. When we start living from flesh, from spirit, then the Spirit manifests. See, these are fruits of the Spirit that we want. Well, we already have those in Christ. He is He is those fruits. He is those gifts. And we're going to talk about some of the gifts of the Spirit in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, probably, 11 and 12. We're going to talk about that. But, of course, the greatest of... All these, you can have all these gifts and not have love and really have nothing. <laughs> and, uh, because 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, and it kind of just sets us all straight that unconditional love is the whole point of this. And <clears throat> sometimes I think people make more out of gifts than they do the giver so we need to concentrate on the giver because we're always concentrating on how it's manifested instead of who the manifester is well the manifester is christ himself and he does give gifts and the holy spirit gives particular gifts to us and we're thankful for that but I, uh, the gift that he gives all of us is a measure of faith. The Bible also says that in, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. He gives every one of us Christian a measure of faith. So the measure of faith he gave me was to understand how to call into being what does not exist in myself, on, on my identity level, on who I really was. Not what I was doing, not what I was thinking, not what I was feeling but who I really was as God saw me. And as I stood in that spirit truth of who I really am, that began to manifest in my life in a natural way so that I didn't have to conjure it up all the time. I didn't have to say it every day. I didn't have to practice faith. It just simply became me. And it became how I was because it was the life of Christ then now come inside my common female body, and manifest himself with agape love. So, wow, I loved loved myself then. If he's manifesting through me, you're going to love yourself. You know, uh, Jesus said the only commandments that Jesus gave us was that we love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might, with all thy soul, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, I always said that there's no way I could love neighbor and, and God until I really loved myself. Well, there's no way I could really love myself until the God of the universe was manifesting His fruit of the Spirit through me. And there's no way that could be, could happen until I started declaring the truth of my identity. Not in a, in a flow. Not that God doesn't manifest the fruit of the Spirit through us. He does. And whether we know it or not, he certainly does. But in the flow of the Spirit, so I can live naturally as a common person, but yet have the love life of Jesus be my life, and and I know it. Well, what happened to me was I was not, you see, when the love life of Jesus flows through us, the first thing that we think is, well, this is not good enough that I'm the one that knows this liberation. It's not good enough that I have the peace that passes all understanding, that I have a new boldness I've never had in my life before, that I'm able to understand great mysteries. And like, how could a common woman that really hasn't been trained understand great mysteries? Well, I hope, I'm a hope to all you people that are just, I think there's more common people than there are people that have ever studied to understand mysteries, you see. And God will give it to the least of these. <laughs> he will. And I feel like that's me. And I feel like that will be a hope to any of you all. To know that that is available to every single solitary one. It's not just available to the great uh, people that have studied. And, and the theologians and the teachers and the preachers. I mean, bless, bless their hearts that they have studied to know. That's wonderful. But it's freely given to every single solitary person in the body of Christ. And that's wonderful that that can happen. And I think it's very healthy that people that we think are the most unlikely come up with some of the greatest revelations. That's just the way God is. That's just the way God operates. And I love that about him. And so, uh, so, they, so what came in me was how in this world can, can my family, my husband, my mother, My dad, my family understand these truths. Let me tell you the story about my mother first. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I I hadn't really gone through my darkness before this happened to me. The Holy Spirit said, Sylvia, I want you to go tell your mother about me. Well, I hadn't been saved very long. I was very immature. It didn't matter. You know, you're, you're just going to give what you can give. So my mother, like I always said, was like a volcano ready to erupt every five minutes. Anytime something crossed her, there there was the volcano again. So, but, and I knew that and I was used to it and I was used to being thrown out of her house and called everything under the name, under, but you know what? The love of Jesus loved her more than I liked her. I can tell you that. So you don't have to like somebody to really give, love them through Jesus. So the love of Jesus in me couldn't stand it that my mother wasn't going to go to heaven. So I marched over to her house and said, Mom, I said, I've got something to tell you. I, I want you and dad to know this, that I have found Jesus and he has saved me and cleansed me from all my sins And you know what? When I die, I'm going to go to heaven. That's just about the best I could tell her at that time. And I said, but you know what, mom? You're not. You're not going to heaven because you're a sinner. You're really going to hell. And I can't believe I was that bold to say that to her. And I wanted, I I use it kind of as as a joke. I always said, well, I kind of always wanted to tell my mother to go to hell, but I didn't think it was going to be that way. (laughs) So anyway, of course, Volcano number 5031 erupted as big as ever right in front of me. And she threw me out of the house saying that you're you're crazy, you have gone crazy. I know people that talk about God like this, and they end up in Our Lady of Peace, which is our mental hospital. And um, you know, you're a Jehovah Witness, or you're something that's crazy, and uh, you don't know what you're talking about, because I, I go to church, and I'm a good person, and I do good things, like occasionally, and go to church maybe once in a while, and blah, blah, blah. And so, and Daddy was just marching up and down, and she was exploding, like I said, by by the 5,000th time. And so I left. I had to leave. She threw me out again. How many times had I been thrown out? Lots. So I leave, and I say, Well, Lord, I don't know how in the world you're going to bring this home to her, but it's up to you because I, you know, I just said what I had to say, and I take it that I said it by your spirit. So, and I left. And, of course, I was hurt and thought, oh, gosh, you know, you're tempted to think maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe I shouldn't have told her she was going to hell. It doesn't matter. She would have exploded anyway. And I knew that. So I had to say it, and I did. Well... For three days, she is under strong conviction, and I mean, she has two sisters. She calls her sisters. You will not believe what Sylvia has done this time, and of course, I was always the bad person in the family of the black sheep. You won't believe it. She told me that I'm going to hell. They, she, I mean, I'm a good person. Look at me. I, I, I do good things and blah, 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 blah. So, And her sisters, they all said, yeah, Leona, I don't know what you're going to do with her. I'm glad she's not my daughter. You know, so uh, for three days she was just railing. This volcano did not stop erupting, and the whole time I knew the Holy—I didn't know it at the time because I didn't know all of this was happening. But the but the Holy Spirit was working on her, working on her, working on her. So finally, after three days, she goes down in her basement because she has she did some irony. and my mother used to starch everything and iron everything and we don't even do those things today but anyway she was ironing she was like 65 years old she was not she only died she died when she was 75 so she was only 65 and as she was ironing she was saying i can't believe that sylvia would have said this about me and she she was ironing and all of a sudden the glory of god the presence of the holy spirit surrounded that ironing board And Jesus said in her heart, Leona, she's right. Without me, you're already in hell. And my mother fell to her knees at her ironing board, and she she surrendered her heart to Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, she came up those steps as fast as she could. She got me on the phone, and she said, Sylvia, you're right. You're right. But now I do know Jesus. I'm not going to hell because he's forgiven me of all my sins. And I'm telling you, this was glory time. My mother found Jesus. Oh my gosh. My mother found Jesus. Wow. What a miracle. And what my mother got, my daddy was going to get because she was going to make sure he got it. Well, he did. And so they started going to a little charismatic church and bless their hearts they learn they started learning scripture they started singing all the scripture songs this is the day that the lord hath made i had a brand new mother my mother was like paul of tarsus she i mean she was saul one day and paul the next and so there she was a total transformation all the anger was gone all the fear was gone all the Oh, the eruption, you know, the the fire was still in her. Boy, could she preach now. She could preach with the fire of the Spirit instead of the fire of hell pre- coming out through her. She was still a volcano, always was. But now the fire of the Spirit blessed everybody else because it was love fire instead of a hell fire. So, my precious mother found Jesus. Well, you know, now I've written a lot of this in my book. In my book, let me hold it up. The Treasures of Darkness. If you don't have this book, write me and I'll will send you I'll send you a copy. Um, I, I've written a lot of this in my in my book, but hearing it, you know, me tell it, it I think is as good anyway. I'll say it that way. So um, so then, you know what? That did not. My whole life, I had made my mother my source of all my insecurities and fears. And I had become a victim. I had the, what the classic victim complex. I could blame everything on her. I didn't have to take any responsibility. It was all her fault. She um, screamed at me. She condemned me. She made me feel terrible. She, 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 you know, it's all my mother's fault. So, uh, that's this is all prior to my personal breakdown. I had to, I had to face up to myself and I had to see, oh, Sylvia, you were just the, you were as much as the problem as she was. Yeah, as a little child, I can see we are true victims. But uh, after a while, I'm loving the fact that I can blame her for everything and not take any responsibility for myself, which is all self-righteousness. So all that had to break down in me. Thus, You know my breakdown my breakdown came which it woke me up to the true reality and i've got a friend sharon precious friend she said this one time she said she said i was saved 25 years ago but you know what it took me 25 years to realize what i've been saved from so that's the truth that's the truth i mean god reveals to us in stages about the self-life that we're trying to have apart from him you see it will never work that's the life basically centered in in my soul a soul life and there's so much said about psychology that trying to help us understand our soul life really trying to fix our soul life. There's no fixing our soul life. Not until we come in spirit and see who we are spiritual in Christ. Then the Holy Spirit waters that soul and it becomes a paradise instead of of thorns and thistles. Instead of the curse, it becomes a, a watered paradise and it becomes beautiful and wonderful.
1: You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268 Louisville, Kentucky 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268 Louisville, Kentucky 40253. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website. The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at this same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.